When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, that was really fun. Jen Kish, Edmontonian, captain of the Canadian Women's Rugby Sevens team, won a bronze medal in Rio. She was in studio for the last half hour. Uh, tons of uh, complimentary texts coming in to Jen. I read a few of them. Uh, she saw a whole bunch. Uh, so, you know, she says thanks to everybody. Too many to go through, but uh, awesome to have her in studio. By the way, uh, you ever miss anything on Inside Sports or you want to listen again, just go to 630ched.com, go to the Inside Sports page, or you can sign up for the Inside Sports podcast. Jen Kish, Jen Kish is up right now. Jen Kish is on our website. It's on the website right go. now. And Randy Chevrier from the first hour. You won't, won't want to miss that interview. He was good. That was a really was good, good interview. We're yeah. finally having a good show. And it's the Friday before the long weekend. We finally hit our stride for the week, everybody. We're finally, yes. We're finally hitting our stride. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get a couple days off. Uh, oh, by wow. the way, you can always text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can also email insidesports at 630ched.com. Our scoreboard, of course, is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit crystalglass.ca. The Blue Jays lose tonight 8-3 against Tampa Bay. The Orioles pound the Yankees 8-0. The Yankees only get two hits tonight. Uh, and the Red Sox and Athletics are just getting underway in Oakland. So those are the relevant scores uh, for the Jays. They they came into tonight to, with a two-game lead on Boston in the ALE, so that's now temporarily down to uh, a game and a half. Don't forget, we have the Labor Day Classic on Monday, 11.30 in the morning for the pregame show. It'll kick off at a 1 o'clock. And then I have a full three-hour edition of Inside Sports Labor Day Monday from 6 to 9 p.m. Oh, uh, on the scoreboard as well, the Canadian men's soccer team pretty much eliminated from the World Cup. They have a game left in their qualifying group, uh, but they lost 2-1 to Honduras today, so they are behind Honduras in the standings. They are uh, well behind in goal differential, so uh, very unlikely they're going to advance to the final group of six to get into the next World Cup. FC Edmonton, by the way, now uh, 11 wins, 5 draws, 4 losses on the season. Tonight in Ottawa, they came back from a 2-0 deficit. Daryl Fordyce with a couple of goals. Speaking of in-studio guests, he joined us a few months ago. And uh, FC Edmonton gets a 2-2 draw in Ottawa tonight. So, good for them. Some other notes to tell you about. Calgary Flames forward Sean Monahan will 
missed the World Cup of Hockey. He's out with a back strain. He was going to play for Team North America. The Panthers' Vincent Trocek will replace Monaghan. Jeff Carter will not play for Canada. He has a lower body injury. And uh, Corey Perry will play instead. All right. Dave Leppard says, uh, Reed, in the World Cup, would a young guy like McDavid be eligible for Team Canada, or because of his age, does he belong to Team North America? Do you think Canada would have taken him if possible? Uh, yes, he was not eligible for Canada. North America got exclusive, uh, not rights, but they exclusivity to the under-24 players. I believe if, this, if Team North America did not exist, I believe Connor McDavid would have been on Team Canada. That is my personal belief. Uh, well, here's an ironic text. MW says, if you start talking about Colin Kaepernick, I am out. So tired of hearing about him. Don't give him the airtime. He isn't worth it. Thanks. Good so far. Well, I had no intention of talking about Colin Kaepernick. I don't, we haven't even talked about that at all. No. I mean, I'm just, no. like, I'm just like, whatever. I, I guess it doesn't interest me. And uh, nah. nobody, nobody has texted me asking that I talk about it. Now somebody has specifically texted asking that I don't talk about it, which is the only reason I'm talking about it. Well, we leave it for... We're you, in a time loop. You know, we leave it for shows like At Night that follows us. Did they talk about it? Thing like that. Uh, I believe they did earlier this week. Okay. So. There we go. Yeah, it didn't do much for me. We did talk about the anthem the night of the All-Star game. When the Who were the guys that changed the lyrics? The four tenors? Is that the, what they're called? The three tenors, yeah. yeah. Well, now there's only three. I think there was four when they sang. <laughs> now the, the guy that changed the lyrics downsized? on his own, yeah. and now there are only, only three. <laughs> we downsized. Uh, yeah, they, down, they downsized. Yeah. Uh, MW texting back, ha-ha, sorry. That's okay, buddy. That is, uh, that is okay. I appreciate that you texted in at 636. I, I, I don't think... Like sometimes people will te- sometimes we'll be talking about something and people will text in and say I'm not interested or I don't like this or, or don't talk about it anymore. I've never, I don't, I don't. In three years of hosting the show, I don't think anybody has has ever texted in requesting I don't talk about something that I already wasn't t- talking about. That's it. That's M- a verse. MW breaking new ground on Inside Sports. Congratulations, you've made it. <laughs> Congratulations, MW. Uh, you know what we're going to do? MW, if you're out there right now, call in 780-496-0063. We'll get your info, and we'll give you a Sports Forecaster magazine. Right on. For sending in a unique text. There we go. The uh, Sports Forecaster, the best fantasy hockey pool guide available, and a must-have highlights on hockey prospects, goaltenders, fantasy draft day strategy, and over 1,100 player profiles, stats, and projections for the upcoming season. Comes with a special tear-out cheat sheet of the top 500 scorers and top 50 goalies to prepare you for your own fantasy hockey pool draft. The Sports Forecaster magazine, now on newsstands everywhere. And yes, you could just hear me taking that sheet out of the binder so I could read the promo. A must-have, because, you know, fantasy hockey drafts are coming. We're now in September, so... You know, probably about the middle of the month or so, a lot of drafts are going to start up. So, all right, MW, call in so call and get your uh, info. You got the uh, sports forecaster seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Here's what is uh, still ahead. What time are we at? Okay, we're at eight twelve. Good, good for time here. Uh, so, what we're going to do is let's uh, let's work on getting Chris Sheets for the next segment. He's currently playing in the uh, world's longest baseball game over at the Edmonton Ballpark. I don't think they, it's officially Telus Field anymore, but everybody still calls it Telus Field. Uh, th- this is, uh, that's the right number. I, that is MW calling in for uh, his or her sports forecaster. Call, I'll give you the sheet after. Uh, 
Kellen, just take down, or do you want to run in and get it? We'll do it during the commercial. Kellen's like, why are you still talking? I'm trying to work. Uh, so we'll do Chris Sheets. He's playing in the game. And then at 8.30, between 8.30 and 9, let's do Morley Scott for a little more Labor Day Classic talk. Sound good? Quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. Coming back from the break, it is Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, my name is Reed Wilkins. The guy playing the music and actually working hard tonight is Kellen Kennedy. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Dave will be heading down. I think they're going down tomorrow for uh, Monday's game. He and Morley Scott. We have the Labor Day Classic for you on 6.30. Ched, 11.30 in the morning for the pregame show. 1 o'clock for the kickoff. The Eskimos lead the all-time Labor Day series with 30 wins. The Stamps have won 23 times. One game has ended in a tie. Calgary has won four in a row and six of the last seven. You may want to remember that information because I think we're going to give away more tickets later on in the show. Not quite yet. We're going to give away tickets to the rematch September 10th on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Hey, the world's longest baseball game is going on at Edmonton Ballpark and uh, one of my colleagues here at Chorus Entertainment from the morning show on Kissing Country 103.9 It's my good buddy Chris Sheets. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, you know what? I'm doing fantastic, Reed. Happy uh, September long weekend. Well, yes, and you have chosen it. To, or you've chosen to spend it uh, playing baseball for uh, the entire weekend. You're, Chris, you're part of the uh, of world's longest baseball game at, at the Edmonton Ballpark, so you still have a lot of hours uh, ahead of you. What, what prompted you to get involved in this? I, I was going to say, I didn't choose it. It actually chose me, Reed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Stake, who I think everybody's familiar with, is the guy who's uh, you know, been a, a visionary, no pun intended, because, of course, he's an optometrist. But he uh, is a visionary of uh, these amazing events uh, with the world's longest hockey game. And, uh, you know, I know you've talked to Kevin Carey. We've watched uh, the hero of the play for 10 days. And uh, as Brett said, uh, you know what, he just wanted to, to find a summer game. It's his first love is really summer, and it's baseball, rather. And so, uh, yeah, about three weeks ago, he asked if I wanted to be involved. And I said, Brett, I've never played baseball before. And he said, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I hadn't played baseball. I played slow pitch, and you know, just like you, growing up in small town Alberta, we played. You know, at uh, you know at school, we played we played slow pitch and, and things like that. You know, pretty much the month of May and uh, June outdoors instead of going to school. But but I've never played baseball in my life. I've watched a lot, but I've never played it. Okay, so how how do you sum up your performance so far? <laughs> you know what uh, I would say. I, I, my first, uh, it's funny because Patrick LaForge was the umpire. There's a lot of great people. 500 people are volunteering to make this event happen. Patrick LaForge is one of them. And he was the umpire. First time I came up, I actually singled. And I focused between the first and second baseman, and it was a decent hit. It was shocking. The next time I struck out, the third time I struck out, I walked, and, well, I grounded out. So, you know, I'm, I'm one for six so far. Well, not bad. And don't forget, the walk doesn't count as an official at bat, so don't don't include okay. that. So your, your well, batting that, average is even better than you think. 
What a relief. What a, what a relief. You know what? Yeah, I've got to be at least at 100 here, so I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I, I had Brent in studio with Kevin Carius last Wednesday, yeah. and uh, they said really lightning is the only thing that could threaten weather-wise, but, but I mean, yeah. it, 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 the last few days haven't been that great here in the city. What have you uh, dealt with in the eight or nine hours you've been going so far? Well, you know what? At about 4 o'clock this afternoon, uh, just like they said it was going to, it started to rain and it absolutely downpoured here. And uh, it was quite the vision. The mound uh, uh, was just, it was chunking up and it was, I mean, it was pouring rain. I mean, any other baseball game would have been either rained out or at least there's been a rain delay. But we can't stop. We're going for the Guinness Book of World Record and uh, playing in the pouring rain is uncomfortable for these 55 five athletes. The 55 athletes, 56 people, I'm the non-athlete. And, uh, um, they, you know what, the bottom line is none of us are at the cross-cancer institute today, you know, getting chemotherapy treatment. So, uh, so you know, it's a great day, even if it's pouring rain. So everybody's fighting through this, and it's been making it more challenging, for sure. And, I mean, just like the world's longest hockey game, you remember the stories when it's either 40 below or it's snow to foot overnight. They're dealing with that. I mean, you know what, Mother Nature seems to always want to throw, a, you know, a, a, an angle to it at these events. But everybody's fighting through it, and it's, uh, we're going to get through it. Chris Sheets joining us from Kissing Country, 103.9, our sister station, 6.30, Chad, and he is playing in the world's longest uh, baseball game. What, what's the uh, – no, I know last time I talked to you, well, you're on the show fairly regularly, but you were up at yeah. the um, – not the crane. What were you in? You were in the bucket. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, – we were up in the bucket where we were trying to kind of uh, – I mean, just draw attention to uh, the, the fire rate show that was happening, of course, before McMurray. So I lived up there for – it was 24 hours. It was 36 hours. I'm, I, lose, I lose track of the hours. I do this. This one's 72. That one was 36. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you know what? When you're when you're blessed and we're lucky enough to do what we do for a living, if we have any opportunity to then give back and help and make a difference, we do it. And that's, that's why I'm here this weekend. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I am not, uh, yeah, I'm not Josh Donaldson. I'm uh, I'm, I'm not even Justin Smoke for heaven's sake. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but I'm here doing what I can in my own way and using you know, my voice to your playing and, as well. So uh, and it's fun. You're the dugout right now. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's a lot of fun. I, I, the one thing I'm good at, you can already hear my voice is going. I'm good at the, you know, the, the chatter, right? That's my thing, Reed, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm really good at the, the chat talking to the chatter. Uh, what's the, the? I mean, in your in your role as as a media guy, who's always very willing to engage and and put yeah. yourself in in uh, uh, interesting situations. What's the most extreme thing you've done, either in terms of length of time or a yeah. temperature challenge or a safety challenge, that kind of thing? For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, the one that the uh, the the, the court entertainment legal department would have not been happy with. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Uh, that that probably has to be the. The time that we lived uh, in a crane above Hope Mission, 120 feet above the uh, the Hope Mission, and myself and Jack and Sweeney, who uh, co-host the show with myself, we were up there for uh, 24 hours trying to raise money for Hope Mission, and of course everybody uh, get homeless. And uh, that, and, and I know it was safe potentially, but it was literally 24 hours of holding your breath because we felt like we were going to fall out of that thing. Like it was, it was crazy. We hit the ground. Uh, Jack and I looked at each other and said, okay, we're never doing that again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Chris, it, it's so great you're involved. Uh, as you mentioned, just uh, how, how many people involved did you say? There's, there's 50, I, I believe there's 56 of us. And I, I want to say really quickly, Brent Shake 
uh, the, again, the visionary of this. He, he was, of course, the first person to, to, to lead off and, and had, you know, had the first at bat, and he hit a triple. Like, he hit it, he hit it, he hit it through to the wall, through between the center and the right fielder, and hit it to the wall. I mean, the guy can play ball. I think he told you that. I remember hearing the interview when he had him on with Carrius, and he said, baseball is truly his first love. He's a much better baseball player than he's a hockey player. And so everybody's here. And, I mean, there's some people that are older than me. There's some, uh, some younger players, you know, and, and I was just one of the, my, my new friends on my team. I was just asking him why he's here. And he said his mom volunteered him that he was playing. I mean, uh, and so many other people are playing for people in their lives that have dealt with. We all have people in our lives that have either lost a battle of cancer or are currently in it or, unfortunately, are going to have to deal with it. It's just, it's just a matter of time. So the big thing this weekend is, if I can stress, if you can help out, if you can uh, go to uh, the, the page, the uh, Alberta Cancer page for the World's Longest Baseball Game, if you can sponsor me or anybody else in the event and help us reach our goal, that would be fantastic. Because, uh, you know what, they're, they're, they've got some leading edge uh, research. We had this, uh, the doctor that's doing it that was here today when we took things off talking about the immune therapy, and they think that could be the key. And so, man, I, I hope so for all of our sakes. So that's why we're here until Monday at noon, God willing. Chris, good for you, buddy. Thanks for fitting me in tonight. Have a great weekend. Reed, thank you for giving us time, buddy, and uh, go Eskimos go on Monday. Excellent stuff. Chris Sheets from Kissing Country 103.9. Love having him on the show. Joining us from the dugout as he takes part in the world's longest baseball game. So they started at noon today. Uh, they'll go till noon on Monday, and it was last Wednesday, Kellen. We had Brent Sake and Kevin Carius. Well, Kevin Carius joins us once a week on the show from Global Television. Brent Sake, he's done the world's longest hockey game. Now he's doing the world's longest baseball game. Mm. And, you know, the most important thing, raising money for the Cross Cancer Institute. You can go to the Alberta Cancer Foundation uh, website if you want to donate and find out more about the game. Uh, from a pure sports angle and from the and from the Guinness World Record angle, they have to get the video approved. Like, he just found out a couple weeks ago that the most recent world's longest hockey game was approved because they have to send in paperwork. They have yeah. to film the whole thing. And then it gets officially recognized by Guinness. So, for baseball, it's got to be a continuous game, right? You have to be... You can't be lollygagging around. Like, a pitcher's allowed to warm up the eight pitches between innings. But it's got to be a. It can't be just like, oh, who wants to bat? I mean, you got to have a. You know, the substitution rules are a little different. A guy can, a pitcher can leave and come back in, unlike in Major League Baseball or other like you know organized baseball. But yeah, it's they they have to make it a legitimate baseball game with scorekeeping wow. and you know proper batting order and positions and umpires and all that kind of stuff it has to be. All seventy-two hours have to be recorded. It's got to be score sheets, signatures, all that kind of stuff, and then it all gets sent in for approval to actually get in the Guinness Book of World Records. But again, most important, they're uh, raising money to battle cancer. Good for Brent's sake, good for Chris Sheets, good for Kevin Carey's, good for everybody involved. Uh, we'll try to update that on Monday once it's all over. Absolutely, if anybody's yeah. still awake. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Coming up on 827, this portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right, or it is free, guaranteed. Tell you what we're going to do. Uh, you want to win Eskimos tickets to next Saturday's rematch against the Stampeders. Get in line to answer a trivia question live on air. 780-496-0063 and some analysis from Morley Scott when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your 
Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Hope you have a wonderful long weekend planned. And then next weekend, I want to send you to the Eskimos rematch against Calgary, Saturday, September 10th, 5 p.m. kickoff at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Is it four tickets we're giving away now, Kellen County? Four tickets, four tickets. All right, 780-496-0063. Jason, how are you doing, buddy? Not too bad. Are you from Lloyd? I am from Kitscotty. Oh, I used to work in Lloyd Minster. Kitscotty's a great little town. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. I remember you on the news, Reed. Oh, good. I'm glad somebody was watching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, Jason. I lived in Lloyd Minster for seven years. And you know one thing I never did? I never golfed the Kitscotty golf course. Well, you missed those fantastic sand greens, but maybe <laughs> next time you're through, Reed. Are they still sand greens, eh? They haven't uh, upgraded them yet, shall we say? <laughs> no, not yet. All right. Uh, tell you what, here's the trivia question. I hope you were listening earlier. The uh, Eskimos and Stampeders have played on Labor Day 54 times. How many have the Eskimos won? Uh, the Eskimos have won 25. Uh, add five to that. 30. Yes, exactly right. You were the only person that called in, so I was giving you the tickets oh, one way or the other. <laughs> perfect. 30 for the Eskimos, 23 for the Stamps, uh, one tie. Uh, how how you feeling about Monday? I think this might be a tough one for the green and gold. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little worried, but the Eskimos have been picking it up lately, so hopefully they can pull her out. Uh, to it's me... A consistent, consistent effort right through the game. I'm a little worried about the defense matching up against Bo Levi, I, but I, you know, Riley continues to win me over, and uh, I, I call it full stud mode. If he goes full stud mode, it always gives the Eskimos a chance. Yeah, I, uh, I like Riley for sure, and defense can step her up, and hopefully we can pull it out. Jason, hang on the line. Kay Kellen's going to take down your info once we get it. Uh, bring Morley Scott in, okay? Okay, thanks, Reed. Morley Scott's going to be calling that game on uh, Monday afternoon. Morley, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Well, I'm doing very well. This is always a, f- a fun weekend, fun weekend to watch football for you. Uh, another ch- opportunity to broadcast the Labor Day Classic. But how many is this now for you? Uh, my first was 2010, so this would be number seven. Number seven. My 2010 was a horrible game. It was my first oh. year doing football. They gave up like 50 points uh, in both games, I think, that year. And it wasn't, it was not, they could not beat Calgary. That was, that was right when it started, that bad streak where right. they went into the bad streak where I think they won like one out of 15 or 16 games against Calgary. So uh, they've, been, they've been good games. They've been entertaining games for one reason or another. Last year's game, of course, had lots of drama to it. 2011 is the game I, I really remember because that's the one, the only one they one that I've broadcast, right? And uh, uh, that had uh, all sorts of ups and downs, and it had that trick play on the kickoff with the ball being thrown across to a Darius Bowman on the return. And uh, yeah, it, it had lots of excitement in it. So that's the only one I've seen that they've won. So uh, they're trying to end a four-game losing streak in this one on Monday. And Bowman puked, as he told you earlier yeah, today. Yeah, that was a great story. I, I still <laughs> remember the shot, because you know, you score a touchdown, and the TSN cameraman's right in your face, right? And and Bowman just like, oh, this is not going to end well. And he turns 
arms away and uh, yeah, right into the garbage can on the bench. So he was so he was so jacked up. He was so excited that game, and th- that's why I you know and, and you heard him talk. He loves this week. Uh, he loves the preparation. I talked to him a long time today about it. Uh, he says it's like one big long game with a four day halftime in between. Right, you play the f- your first game, you get a break, you readjust, and you play the second game. So he's he's pretty excited. Everybody's pretty excited for it. Now when you're in McMahon Stadium on Monday, what can you tell us about the atmosphere? I mean, I've, I've only attended one Labor Day Classic as a fan, and it was almost, tw- I think it was 98. I think I think it was the year David Archer was the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, that was a long time ago. How'd that work out? Uh, they lost to the Eskimo. The Eskimos lost. Uh, I, I mean, does it does it feel different? Can you compare it to a playoff game, or is it a whole other animal entirely? You know, I'm going to be honest, and I really, and I think it's partially because it's of our setup there, that's the only stadium in the league that doesn't have windows. Uh, open windows, rather. Okay. And so we got a pane of plexiglass in front of us, and we can't hear the crowd very oh. well. We have a little, a little like a vent window up at the top of the window, <laughs> right. and that's about it. So we don't, we don't really hear the crowd much in Calgary. Calgary is one of. I don't like broadcasting there. Just because of that fact, because you don't get as wound up and into the game, and you get your own voice bouncing back off the plexiglass there. So uh, the atmosphere there is—I I don't find it ever very entertaining. Before the game, I, I love getting there early, and and you can see the barbecues going and the tailgate and going in the parking lot, which is terrific and that's fantastic. But once the game starts, for anyone in the press box, it's kind of bland, just because you can't hear much. Oh, in interesting. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you you don't get a sense of being in the crowd or anything like that. No, so. not at all. Not okay. at all. It's the only it's the only building that we work out of where there's where there's, there's not the option to open the windows. No, you can't open it. Yeah. Like I said, it's just a little vent window at the top. So. Interesting. Jeez. Well, at least you get a little bit of fresh air. Well, a little bit, and we stay dry <laughs> if it rains, right? Yeah, that's right. the one thing you know. And the weather doesn't look great right now. Last time I checked, it was going to be rainy, uh, cloudy, and, and possible rain. The thing I remember, even before I was doing Eskimo games and just watching them. I always remember it being sunny on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Watching those games, it always seems to me like there's always brilliant sunshine. And I remember, you know, now doing the game, same thing. So this is a little different coming up on Monday if indeed the weather forecast stays the way it, uh, it says it's going to be because cloudy and rainy, that obviously affects things. The Eskimos didn't have John White last week when they beat Saskatchewan. Shakir Bell came in over 180 total yards from scrimmage, and he was one of the players of the week in the CFL. And uh, now John White back at practice. So what does it look like is going to happen at running back? John White, I think. John White's been uh, the guy leading the charge through the first couple of days of practice. Tomorrow will be the final day of practice, and we'll get more of a look. But I, I don't see it being anyone unless White has some kind of setback tomorrow. But I don't think he can really have a setback with the injury he had. Just it was a cut. It was a bad cut, uh, and it was it was from a helmet. Hey, eh? like in in the pile up, a helmet, uh, a screw or something scraped and mm-hmm. cut his glove and cut his hand, and it was a pretty bad cut. But I I uh, yeah, I can't see the coach going away from. Him. I really like the way Jason Moss has handled it too. He didn't tip his hat and he didn't say for sure John White starting, but he said John White's our starting running back, and if he's available to play, he's going to play. And he's very thankful and appreciative of the job Shakir Bell did. And he knows that if he needs Bell again, he'll give him that same kind of effort. But it's John White's job. And as you said today, he did nothing to lose that job except get hurt. So why doesn't he get it back? Well, he gets it back. Okay, so is there any thought of them both being in the lineup? Tough. It's tough to do because right. you got one guy doing nothing, basically, right. the whole game. And with a small roster, it's really hard to do. Uh, and in this case, neither one of them returns kicks. If one of them is a kick returner, then you could probably get two on. But the option just isn't there. Teams don't do that in the CFL. There's not the, – the, the backup running back is usually a fullback, right? You know, and that's what the Eskimos do. They, you know, they had uh, – they got two running backs uh, other than, than their starter on their roster. 
Minister, which was Greg Morris, who's now in Saskatchewan, and Calvin McCarty. And Calvin McCarty got the ball and did a fine job when he got hurt. So, yeah, teams don't do that. Calgary did it, did it and does it a little bit, but for the most part, teams don't dress two running backs. Eskimos play-by-play voice Morley Scott joining us on Inside Sports, 11.30 Monday morning. He'll be on the air from McMahon Stadium, Dave Campbell with him, and uh, the play-by-play will start at 1 o'clock as the Eskimos take on the Stamps. The Stamps have won six of the last seven on Labor Day. Edmonton does lead uh, lead the all-time series. Ed Bo Levi Mitchell on the show last night. Uh, yes, you did. Interesting interview. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be one of those guys that, that blows it out of proportion because the way I kind of phrased the question was, you and Mike Riley are both having incredible seasons. Who would you vote for for MOP? Me. And he goes, me. And I said, why? And, and he said, well... My my team's always ahead. Yeah. Uh, so his his basic implication was Riley has better stats because he has to throw because his team is behind. That's not entirely accurate. I pointed out after I thought about it after the fact. I thought, well, wait a minute, the Eskimos lost two games, Ottawa and Hamilton, where they blew leads. Yeah. And so Riley wasn't getting garbage time points. But you know what? It's, uh, but somebody texted me and said. You know, good for Bo Levi Mitchell. He was honest, and why would he pick a player on the other team that he's just about to play? So, Very true. That's, I mean, a, good, I mean, that's you, a good point as well. And you know what? I mean, you can't argue with him, really. You could pick either one of those two guys to be the MLP of the league, and you really couldn't argue much with him. Uh, you could pick Mitchell and say, yeah, but Roddy deserves a vote or two. You could pick Roddy and say, yeah, but Mitchell deserves yeah. a vote or two. Like, uh, I was talking to Mike Benavides yesterday about Mitchell, and he just said, all he does is win. Like, he's got well, a proven thing, yeah. track record that all he does is win football. What's he lost, like eight games in his career? Like, it's incredible when you think about it. He is now off, and he can't, I don't know how they keep calling it the best start to any career. He's like in his fourth year now. So yeah, it's not so really, really a start anymore. <laughs> He's just a good just quarterback who yeah. wins a lot of games, and that's all there is to it. So, uh, yeah, it's a, he's a tough guy to handle, and he's got good talent around him. He's got good coaching. I'm really surprised at Calgary this year. I didn't think they'd be as good as they are. I certainly didn't think they'd be dominant like they are. And uh, they made some key changes. I mean, they got a new uh, a new head coach. Uh, they got the same OC, but he's the head coach. They got a new DC. They've lost, uh, you know, their the number one receiver in the league to the NFL. Uh, they lost lost the number one running back in the league to retirement but here they are seven one and one haven't lost since week one of the season they're 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 not just a good team they're a good organization well that's that's the thing is it, just how it, it's continued and on, on the other side of that spectrum is a team that for about a 15 year span was a really good organization that's the montreal alouettes and then you have nick lewis last night mm-hmm. saying changes, changes changes need to be made and and and, and there, there's a the thing about jim pop right probably good general manager maybe not so good a coach or maybe not so easy to do to do both jobs because it's funny before the i mean for basically from when they moved from baltimore until anthony calvillo retired you said well montreal is going to make the playoffs they'll probably get a home playoff game i mean and sure some years fair enough the eastern conference wasn't as good but still you got still one though you say still one and they still won three great cups yeah and now i mean before this season a lot of people are like well you can write off montreal i mean it's it's amazing how quickly it changed and lewis coming out and saying that isn't gonna isn't gonna stop any of that it tells you how important having a quarterback is to a cfl team how many guys have started 
since Anthony Kelly yeah, good retired. Point. I mean, they've yeah. gone five, oh, Cato six, was the next guy. And they, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they've literally started like seven or eight different quarterbacks, uh, and they haven't been able to find one yet. And it's a Band-Aid in Kevin Glenn, who is at the end of his career, but still throws interceptions at the end of the games like he did you know, the yeah. other night. So they still haven't found that guy. And with Kevin Glenn getting long in the tooth, they're running out of time to find the guy. Maybe they got it in Vernon Adams. Maybe. We don't know yet. Maybe they got it in Rakeem Cato. Maybe we don't know yet. They got to play these guys to find out, and you're going to lose games playing them. I mean, like the Eskimos went through that with Mike Riley. To find Mike Riley, they had to go 14 and four with him before they figured out, you know, or, yeah. what kind of quarterback he was. So, who was uh, uh, Jonathan Crompton? Was that yeah. the Eskimo es- yeah. ex- Eskimo that's played a few games for Montreal yeah, last he's, year? He's injured. He was here he's when, hurt. Okay. when they were here, uh, and I, I I was talking to him and said, "Yeah," he says, "Yeah, I'm almost there." So I don't know how much work he's doing. He's traveling with the team, so obviously it's, he's you know in a position where he's he's doing some work and he's obviously in their plans still and and he can practice. But but who knows? Like he had a he had a good spin a couple of years ago. He two or three games yep. where he started and played well. Then Rakeem Cato last year, same thing. And they had uh, what's his name, Troy Smith. Oh yeah, uh, remember him? Like I mean the it, yeah Ohio State, and uh, I think he was a uh, nice wander. Yeah. Uh, just the names are incredible. Like you go through the list of guys who have started for the Alouettes since Anthony Calvillo retired, and it's incredible. Like I don't think any team has had how, well, how many Calvillo's been out for what four years? I think so. Yeah, I don't think any team in the league has had that many starting quarterbacks in that four-year span that Montreal has. It's yeah. wild. So uh, Saskatchewan, let's, let's for fun here uh, do some picks. I'm going to pick Saskatchewan to beat Winnipeg. I'm, I'm taking Saskatchewan too. I think Weston Dressler's uh, uh, going to go to Saskatchewan and have a big game, but I don't think Winnipeg's going to win. I think Saskatchewan's going to finally break that streak. Law of averages too. Yeah, at, well, 11 straight wins, right? You know, We're hoping the Eskimos win. They've only lost four in a row, but I mean, uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg's lost 11 games in a row. When's that going to turn around? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this year. I don't know. I, I still like Saskatchewan. I, I still think Saskatchewan. I still, I just, they're, one, they're one and eight. Saskatchewan's one for Yeah, I just think Saskatchewan's due to win this year more so on the, on right. the Labor Day game. The, they're, Saskatchewan's not a bad team. They're just a confused team more than anything right now. And once they get healthy and they find out who they want to play and they stop bringing guys in and moving guys out, they'll they'll get better. But they're they're simply due to win. You're right. And the other one, uh, Hamilton-Toronto. I mean, i got to take Hamilton. Got to take I know they're still below 500, I but I still think the, that's I a think great I think this team. will be the That's a fine, right? I'm sorry about Your that. phone went off. I, I think this will be <laughs> the game that Zach Kolaris really has a standout. He hasn't he hasn't been you know had a real lights out game since he returned from injury. I think this will be the game that he'll he'll pick apart that secondary in Toronto. Morley, have fun in Calgary. Thanks man, appreciate it. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. Would you drag around my door? Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 8.50. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss, looking ahead to the big test that is Labor Day. I guess that's exactly it. I think we're we're playing really good football right now, and we just want to continue that. And, um, you know, I, I, I do believe we're a measuring stick for them as well. They haven't played us yet. Um, you know, the pass is the pass. Don't worry about that. Just looking forward, just saying there's 7-1-1. We're what we are, 5-4. and four, But I feel like we're playing our best football right now, and so I think we're going to be a stern test for them. We've got players that have won here, uh, are winners, and um, when we go down there, we're going to be very confident that we can come out of there with a win. And that's a good sign. 
we only get to play them twice. It just happens to be back-to-back on Labor Day. And you can you can only look so far ahead as Monday, bottom line, because that's where the tone gets set. Um, and for us, it, it's exciting because both of us, we feel like are playing good football. And it's, it's neat when Labor Day is against two teams that are playing great football, if you ask me. So that's what's cool, cool about it, if you ask me. So um, we're excited for it and want to win it as much as anybody so um you know but i th- i think going like i've said before just i feel like we're playing good football we're confident group we're going to go down there expecting to win bottom line i don't think it could ever be too big i think the bigger it is you know the better generally guys play so i think when it's a big game that's why i'm so excited to be quite honest that both of us are playing good football because it makes for more excite excitement to think about this game and what it what it can entail and and uh bottom line it is for two you know the two points in the standings but uh the hype around the game is is what it is and i think the better the teams are the better that is the better that atmosphere is and i want our guys to feel that i want our new guys to feel what it's like to play Calgary at their best at home on Labor Day and feel what it's like to have those juices flowing and and to do all that and uh, like I said I I feel like our group's confident that we can go in there and win and uh, you know it's great that like I said they are where they are and they're where we need to get to. Jason, do you, do you explain the, the rivalry or the history or anything like that to, to these guys? We talked about it briefly, you know, just, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a matchup between Calgary and Edmonton, and uh, it's Alberta-wide. Uh, you know, people have a strong opinion if you live in one of the cities about it and throughout the province. So we did talk about that and how special it is, about how it is as close to college football that they've been to or a big rivalry in high school or pro football that they've ever been a part of. It's as big as any of them, and it has that feel and that excitement to it. And it just um, is better when both teams are good. And uh, I think that's what we're having this time around is both teams are right there, and uh, I think it's going to make it for a more special game. All right, there is a guy who uh, was always intense Labor Day and other games when he played quarterback in the CFL. I mentioned off the top of the show, one of my greatest memories as an Eskimos fan watching Labor Day was Jason Moss leading them down the field to win the 2001 game on a last-second field goal by Sean Fleming, including uh, a big run by Jason Moss. Uh, The passing play wasn't there, a lot of room up the middle, and uh, he just scampered right up the gut and got a huge gain, got him into field goal range, and the Eskimos won that one. Look, Calgary's the best team in the league. Um, They lost their first game in the season. They have not lost since then. They did have a tie. Um, you got to favor the Stampeders. I uh, clearly you got to be worried about the Eskimos secondary. I think it's better than it was in the start of the year. There are still some problems there, and I, I think we know who Calgary is going to go after, Marcel Young. Um, but I, you know, Riley, he's one of those guys, and he continues to rise to the occasion, and and that's why Ed Hervey acquired him several seasons ago, and. He's just one of those guys, he is never out of it, and he's got that drive, and we saw it against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with Saskatchewan clawing their way back into the game. The Eskimos need something done. He leads them on a drive. He has to scramble, and he gets into the end zone. Barely gets into the end zone by trying to hurdle over guys, getting hit, and then extending his arm with the ball over the goal line as he's getting plowed out of bounds. And that was one of those special plays that certainly defines the type of player he is. So I think Riley gives him a chance. still think this is a good Eskimos team. 
I would not call them great. Last year's team was great. We'll see if they can get the great big test coming up here against the Stampeders on the home and home. All right, here's what we're going to do. Well, we're going to wind down the show, Kellen Kennedy. How about that? You got to work this Labor Day weekend? Yes, uh, I'll be here Monday for all the goodies. So we got the football game on Monday, and then I'll be joining you right after the game with uh, a full live living color 100% go <laughs> all the great terms for inside sports like we're going to be here for real all right not on you're gonna have to work on your advertising i know there, yeah buddy, I, but just, you're I don't know along. where i was going with that but gary and bonnie dune says read the eagles waved aaron grimes have you heard anything all i can tell you gary is that aaron grimes has a shoulder injury he was going to miss the rest of the preseason uh could be one of those situations where they're keeping him around and maybe they add him to the practice roster once he's uh once he's healthy i've not heard any uh, anything strong about aaron grimes coming back to the edmonton eskimos but certainly a guy who would help the green and gold gary thanks for tuning in tonight thanks to our guests this evening Besides Morley Scott, you also heard from Chris Sheets from Kissing Country 103.9. He is currently playing in the world's longest baseball game at the Edmonton Ballpark. Jen Kish was in studio, Olympic bronze medalist in rugby sevens. Great to have her in. Randy Chevrier was also on the show, former long snapper with both the Eskimos and Stampeders. Man, that was a a great interview as well with uh, some career memories and Labor Day memories from Randy. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer this evening, you just heard his voice, Kellen Kennedy, as we take you into your long weekend with the greatest television theme song in the history of the medium. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you Monday night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.